Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. Thursdays loaded here on Follow the Money. We're live in downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino on the good old program today. Nigel Seeley in an hour. Soccer bets this weekend. Brad Powers, college football. Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN's NBA guy, drops today. There's a game today? Man. Uh-huh. Exhibition. Pa- Paul Charchian, fantasy football expert, and maybe some player props for tonight's Thursday night clash between the Commanders and the Bears. We'll get to Major League Baseball coming up. Uh, Thursday's always a lot of fun, Paul. Maybe my favorite day of the entire week. I'm actually pretty excited about this game tonight because... Uh, the Bears have been, I mean, maybe worse than last year, if you can believe it. And when you look overall at their numbers defensively, they are bi- almost rock bottom in the league. So I think we're going to get some fireworks in this game tonight. I think the total is too low. It's it, you know crept up a little bit to 44.5 now across the screen. But I'm just trying to also figure out like which player or players are going to pop for the commanders because this game is screaming Brian Robinson. But I also, and I'll break this down coming up in a little bit, I think there's a spot here, despite the recent um, downfall in the snaps for Antonio Gibson, I think that he can have a role in tonight's game. And it's like McLaurin, Dotson, Pharmacist Doctor, both guys I think can go off tonight because the Bears' defense is so bad and the secondary is completely ravished because of injuries. I'd look at the over. You have to look at the over. Points per game allowed. Bears 31, Washington 29. The Washington defense has certainly struggled. And what happened against Philadelphia last week? The Bears only have two sacks on the season. Um, 
They get zero pressure on no the quarterback. No pressure. They haven't covered seven in a row. Going back to last year, we know they've lost 14 in a row. Washington has an easy schedule coming up, so if they can win this, 5-2 and two isn't out of the question. Um, they have been on an underrun, though, at home. A 25-1 and one underrun. Last 26 home games for the Commanders. But there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of problems in Chicago. There have been multiple reports that if this is ugly tonight, Eberflus is out. I, I can't go there. I reached out to Mike North and some other people. Number one, the Bears have never done that. Number two, you, you would be firing your head coach and your defensive coordinator. So th- then it's – and then plus Bear fans probably want to keep the guy around so you can get the number one and number two pick right? or at least the number one pick because you have Carolinas and see what they do. But this is just a, a travesty and a train wreck what's happened with all the hype and MVP talk with fields and playoffs and go over the win total and the hype wouldn't stop. Their adjusted win total is now four and a half. So you got the Claypool mess. You got how Eberflus handled that afterwards with the weird stuff with the reporter about what's true and the team has to come out with a statement. They can't stop anything. They blow a 21-point lead against Denver. Mm-hmm. He makes a decision to go for it with two minutes left, fourth and one, blows up in his face. Everything's gone wrong for Chicago. Yeah, and here's the secondary situation for the Bears tonight as well. No Eddie Jackson, no Jalen Johnson, no Kyler Gordon, and now we're looking at potentially Jaquan Brisker might be missing the game tonight as well. So they're down everybody in the secondary the way it looks. And here's the deal with uh, Sam Howell. When he has a... A clean pocket to throw from Paulie. His passer rating is 99.3. Well, where Howell has struggled so far in the first month of his career is when you put pressure on the guy. His passer rating goes from 99.3 clean to 36.7. 36.7 when you put pressure on the guy. Here's the rub. The Bears are 30th in pressure percentage in the entire league, hence the only two sacks that you brought up already. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so, a big key to the game, because that's right. Washington's on pace. Howell can be the most sacked quarterback in history. So if they can't get pressure tonight, they're never getting pressure. Right. Because right. this whole line has been horrendous, and I know he's holding on to the ball too long, but still, I mean, he's been sacked 24 times. Carr has the record, 76, with the Texans. Yep. And when you look at, uh, again, where where will the commanders attack this Bears defense? Certainly the secondary looks like it could be, uh, you know, priority number one. However, when you look at running backs against the Bears, like they're no, I mean, they're 31st in DVOA in defense. They're basically rock bottom. It doesn't matter if you're talking about passing or rushing. But here's what opposing running backs have done to the Bears so far this year. Aaron Jones had nine carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. The key there is, though, he also had two catches, 86 yards, and another touchdown. Rashad White for the Buccaneers week two had 17 for 73 and a touchdown, five catches for 30 yards. Week three, it was everybody for the Chiefs. Pacheco, 62 yards rushing, touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 55 yards, touchdown. McKinnon in the air, three catches, 19 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, Jaleel McLaughlin, had seven carries, 72 yards, along with three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown. So you see the point here of Brian Robinson should go nuts tonight. And I'm not going to rule out Antonio Gibson, again, despite the uh, lack of snaps last week, because these backup running backs or second-string guys or third-string, you know, third-down uh, third guys have come in and also scored against the Bears' defense as bad as they've been. What if they don't like the coach? What if they can't stand Eberflus? And, and they see and read these reports. Well, if it gets ugly, maybe he's gone with the mini-buy here. 
I mean, I don't know if they what, what the players think like that, but it's certainly been uh, demoralizing and a joke the start of this season. Well, how do they have any semblance of a decent culture in that in the locker right. room right now? There's right. no way they can. They, they, they have to hate going to work right now. Yep, and they like the defensive coordinator, Williams, who resigned. Uh, certainly this wasn't handled well with the Claypool situation, also what they gave up for the guy, and now and now he's finished. Um, they're just they're just poorly coached all the way across the board. 23rd in penalties, 28th in, in turnover differential, 28th in total defense. Now, now, going back to the points allowed, 31st, and they're 31st in DVOA you mentioned. You know, well, Denver's number one, the worst in the league, 32. Denver, through four games, is the worst defense DVOA in history mm-hmm. through four games, giving up 37 a game. So that's the only team that they're better than. So this really is an atrocious defense, to put it in perspective. And Washington should do whatever they want. And the other thing, you know, what happens offensively? Do, do the Bears get something going on offense? Because everyone's looked good against Denver. And, and, and Fields was great for three quarters last week. So, you know, Frank B. was on yesterday, and he said, recommends Fields to throw an interception. That's as high as $1.40. But it's just everything, everything has gone wrong this year. Everything. Blown out by the Packers. What happened last week was, was you know, the, and then competitive in, in Tampa, and then Fields calls out the OC after the game, too, after right. the pick six. Now, I do think the Bears are also going to be able to do stuff here offensively with the ball because the commander's defense, I mean, it's not like they're anything really yep. to write home about either. The problem is here, if the commanders get out to, a, if you know, going on game flow, uh, if they get out to a nice lead, they are 26th overall in neutral settings um, in, in seconds per play. So if they get out to, uh, let's say, a seven-point lead or more than a one-score lead, I could just see it where it's going to be a heavy dose of Brian Robinson, and maybe they go on these long, sustained drives that take you know eight and a half minutes off the clock, and then, who knows, maybe they settle for a field goal, um, and then that's where the under would actually come into play, and you might be dead on the over ticket. But uh, in terms of uh, wide receivers against this commander's defense on the year, week one, Cardinals didn't too, uh, do too much. They were still, uh, still trying to figure things out. And they were a mess at the beginning of the season. But from week two on, in that game against uh, the Broncos, Mims had two for a buck 13 and a touchdown. Brandon Johnson had two for 66 and two scores. Diggs for the Bills in week three went off for eight in 111 yards. And then last week, pick, pick which guy? A.J. Brown, nine for 175 and two scores. Devontae Smith had seven for 78. And D.J. Moore somehow, someway, only had two targets in week one. Oh, yeah. Since then... Seven, six, and nine. So again, in theory tonight, Bears are down, throwing the ball maybe a little bit more. Fields is gonna he's been going to, you know, more a little bit more in the last couple of weeks. That guy is uh, someone to keep an eye on as well. Komet went nuts last week, but it brought the Broncos are Can't really, really it. bad. Well, they're bad against everybody, but especially tight ends. Yep. Yep. Could be a sneaky survivor play too across the country. We'll see. A couple of people tried to talk me into Washington. I couldn't get there. But, uh, again, you're looking at a team that's lost 17 of 18 and 14 in a row. Not only have the Bears lost 14 in a row, they're 2-12 and 12 ATS during that streak and haven't covered since uh, early December against Philadelphia when Hurts got nicked up in that game. Mm. So that's how ugly it's been for Chicago. So who knows? If it's ugly tonight and everyone's watching, thanks baseball, four sweeps, so everyone will be watching, maybe there could be a change. I don't know. But it's certainly uh, – the exact opposite is what hap- has happened with everyone yeah. expected and all the hype surrounding this organization. Yeah, here's what I think is going to happen with uh, Eberflus. And uh, remember, we brought that up when he was 4-1. to one. Would be probably a good bet, first coach fired. I don't know when it's going to happen. I-, I couldn't give you the timeline on that. 
but at this point, he's not coming back next year. I mean, that, that seems to be the most kept and obvious thing that we could possibly say about this, this team right now. There's, I, I, how do you, Fields, I have no idea. Do they bring him back next year? Do they attack another quarterback yep. in the draft if they're picking one and two overall? What can I even get for him? That's the other thing. Uh, I mean, if I, if I go to Williams I or if I get the number one pick, but, what can I even get for Fields? Yeah, forget about this team firing the head coach at this point. Because they might wait until the end of the season based on the history of the organization. Like you talked about, they've never yep. once done this. So they're going to play the long game with that. What would be worse than not firing the guy in season would be if they brought the guy back next year. There's no, again, can't. there's no, no chance. There's absolutely no chance. It's already done. It's got to be a yep. done deal. Yep. And then will Ron Rivera do something weird tonight and at the end of the <laughs> game not recognize it to the media? Yeah. Yet another reason to go for the win last night. You were coming off. You got a Thursday game, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. another one. Uh, the offense was gassed. Okay. So, rest assured, he'll, you're right. Right. A guy who's been known to gamble in Riverboat Ron Moniker, and then he, he plays it safe and gets beat in overtime. Well, how, how boring is that Riverboat? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you happening. that. Howell was good, though. I mean, that, I, certainly you got to have concerns about the Philadelphia defense, but Howell's look good now in uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. That was great. It was uh, he was not pretty against the Bills. Right, fourth that, quarter was yeah, that's true. But also, Bills defensively are uh, pretty good, pretty yep. damn good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so far through four games, um, I'd like to see this game end in a tie, and then Rivera comes out and he'll say, "I, I didn't know games could end in a tie." <laughs> that might be next for that guy. <laughs> so it's follow the money here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. We'll run down more of last night's betting action with win some, lose some. 20 to 1 shot came in. 20 to 1 shot, and uh, you and I thought, no way that this would happen, right? And it did, and hence no baseball today. Details on that coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, 
more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Top of the morning to you. Yeah, we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Busy hour coming up. We'll preview the Thursday night football game. Brad Powers at the bottom of the hour on college football. The slate that we have this weekend. And kicking things off this hour with Nigel Seeley. He's on Twitter, at Seeley underscore Nigel. PremierSportsPlays.com is the website. Good morning, mate. How you been? Good morning, guys. Very well. How are you two? Doing really well. You're going to be in Vegas like next month. You're going to go check out U2 at the Sphere. That place looks like the best venue in the history of mankind. It doesn't look bad, does it? It doesn't look bad. I, I got seats at the front, though. So I don't think we oh. can see. I think, I think you need seats at the back. Oh, that looks better from the back, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, it looks better from the back. So I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure about our seats being good. Yeah, but looking forward to it. It's one of the only, as you as you know, as you could tell last week, I'm a huge rock star, and I'm massively involved in in big rock bands. I love my music. <laughs> and you two are one of the only super bands I've never seen. I've seen Oasis. I've seen the Rolling Stones. I've seen the Who. I've never seen the Beatles, obviously, because they, 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 they were before yeah. my time. But I saw, I've seen all the real big English and British rock bands, but I've never seen you two. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So you came on last week. You were making the case for overs. And then you did discuss in your analysis, like, eventually this is going to change with the weather. Um, this week, you're going to make the case for a couple of unders here. Let's begin with the Liverpool match. Take it away. Why do you like the under here? Well, um, it's nothing to do with the weather because the weather yeah, in right. the UK this weekend is going to be an absolute glorious weekend. It's going to be very, very hot. It's going to be about 78 degrees, 79 degrees, which at this time of year is a very, very hot weather. So it's going to be hot this weekend. And that then November time, it will probably change a little bit. The reason I like, I mean, the, the if you looked at the stats and you looked at everybody here who, who, who watching this show and everybody who, who's messing on soccer and anybody who's, who's looking at it, they look at this match and goes over. It's an over. Seven of Brighton's seven matches this season have gone in the Premier League gone, have gone over three and a half goals. Mm-hmm. And in Liverpool matches, six of their last seven have gone six of their seven matches have gone over two and a half goals. They're two attacking sides who like to play football in the right way. And you would just turn around and say, yes, it's an over two and a half. But you have to bet at value. You have to bet at a price that's right. Over two and a half goals in this match is something like th- minus three dollars. I mean, if you're betting over two and a half goals in English Premier League games at minus three dollars, you will lose money long term. 
You might you might win at the beginning, but you, you're not doing it wrong. You got if you if you win on it, you got to look yourself in the morning the next day and think, have I done the right bet here? The bet is wrong. The price is wrong. It's all on a very short database of stats from this season. It's three and a half is the line here, and under three and a half is minus one ten with some books. Now three and a half minus one ten. Three and a half is such a big number compared to two and a half. If you look at Liverpool this season, six of their seven matches have cashed over two and a half, but only three of their matches have cashed over three and a half. So there's a huge, huge difference between the two and a half and the three and a half. And to get minus 110 here, a couple of other reasons I like it. Um, Brighton last week played against Aston Villa, lost 6-1. It was an embarrassing match. I turned around, I said to you last week, in the 20 heaviest defeats in the Premier League, 17 of the teams who got beaten by the heaviest defeat the following week, 17 of the 20 matches have cashed under. When you have a big loss, you work hard on the defence the following week and it doesn't necessarily translate to an overmatch again next week. And and Brighton playing Europe in a massive match in Marseille this evening, so they have to come back from there as well. Liverpool are obviously going to be aggrieved by that VAR decision, so you don't know how they're going to set up for this match as well. And then the three matches they played last season, all three of them cashed on over two and a half, but only one cashed on over three and a half. It's a big jump, two and a half to three and a half. And I just think three and a half is, is a little bit of a big price. And the other reason, Liverpool have got a lot of their players are playing all over the world in Champions League. Uh, sorry, in the, in the, for their internationals, international break next week. So players might be cautious of that with World Cup qualifiers coming on as well. I just not, I, just, I, I think on the stats and I think on the pure data, on seven matches of data, yes, three and a half is the right line. But when you break it down and you look at it, minus 114. Uh, minus one uh, on over three and a half goals. You've got to get four goals in the Premier League. You're betting minus money. It's not a bet I would mm. want to take every week. All right, big win for Burnley Monday at Luton. They got their first win of the season. How about Burnley against Chelsea under two and a half? They didn't play very well though, Burnley. They got that win, but I think Luton were the better side. Luton should have put, and on the on the metrics, they certainly were the mm. better side. I like under two and a half goals here again. Um, Chelsea are a really funny side at the moment. Um, they've got so many players out injured. He doesn't know his best team. He he's lacking a goal scorer. And Kunku, the big summer signing, is still injured. We won't know about Chelsea until probably January when they get the players back. And they seem to be a, t- a side to me now who are just going to win 1-0, win ugly, win 1-0, win 2-0, uh, get the job, but just get three points and try to rebuild. And that's what I think is happening at Ch- Chelsea. Uh, Burnley offer very little. If you look at uh, Chelsea's last two matches on the road, they went to Fulham, won 2-0. They went to Bournemouth and drew 0-0, but they kept clean sheets. They didn't concede in those two matches. Defensively, Chelsea are very, very strong uh, their defensive centre partnership is very strong. They've got a very good goalkeeper. Where they lack is penetration going from an offensive position. So I don't think they're going to concede many. Burnley do not create any chances at all, really. They, they, they don't really score many chances. They haven't really got that striker who can score 15, 20 goals in the Premier League. So they're going to struggle to score goals. The last five weeks for Chelsea matches, four of the five in the last five weeks have cashed on under one and a half goals. I can see this being a very, very typical kind of Chelsea performance, as we see at the moment. Very hard to break down, but probably have a little bit more quality than Burnley in offensive areas. And I can imagine, I can just see Chelsea winning this 1-0, maybe 2-0. I think under two and a half goals here at plus 110 is a big price. All right, how about a side? Crystal Palace against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I, I like this. And I'll tell you why I like this. I've done a little bit of research on this mm-hmm. match. They both played at the end of last season. So the final game of the Premier League last season at the end of May. So it was the 28th of May last season. Palace played Nottingham Forest at Crystal Palace in their home match. And on that game, on that day, 
Crystal Palace started as a minus 162 favourite to win that match. So that was only eight matches ago. So there's only been seven matches in the Premier League, and this was the last match of last season. I don't think Palace have gone backwards much since then. I think they're probably slightly different. Forest have slightly gone forward. They're probably more or less the same two sort of sides. The aspirations of the suit sides are exactly the same. And this time around, Crystal Palace are plus 116. I don't see why you should go from minus 162 to plus 116 in eight games. Not the Forest last season on the road were dreadful. They only won one match out of 19 matches in the Premier League, which was the worst record in the Premier League. They had the leakiest defence. They conceded 44 goals in the Premier League and they had the worst attack. They only scored 11 goals in the Premier League in 19 matches. They had an awful road form. They've gone to Chelsea this season and won 1-0 and everybody thinks that they've turned it around. I'm not convinced they've turned it around. Crystal Palace is always a very, very tough place to go and get a result. It's uh, quite an intimidating atmosphere. They've got a really good support there. Not in the forest, are good at home, but their last two matches, I've bet them at home. They've drawn them both 1-1. Disappointing performances. I just think that on the price, I think plus 116 for Crystal Palace here is too big when you consider just eight matches ago, the same players lined up against more or less the same team again, and they were minus 162. Some books were minus 150. I don't, I don't really get it. I, I, just, I just can't see the difference in that. So I think Crystal Palace at plus 116 offer the best value play for a pick on the Premier League this weekend. How about the huge matchup Sunday, Arsenal against Man City? Well, this is, I think this is a very, very difficult match to call. I mean, Arsenal obviously is very strong at home. Last season, Manchester City absolutely tore Arsenal apart at the Etihad. I was at the game 4-1 win for Manchester City. They were absolutely sensational that evening. One of the best performances I've seen from a from a Premier League side for many a year. The problem in this match here is that the, the match has been shrouded a little bit by a lot of injuries. Saka is a doubt for Arsenal. Uh, Rodri, the influential midfielder for Manchester City, is suspended. So there are a few other injury concerns as well. Manchester City always, you don't know what side is going to play. And Haaland is coming in with probably, probably I'd say his worst form since he, since he came to Manchester City. He's had, he's had it all his way, own way, but in the last two or three matches, especially two matches, he hasn't looked great, which is an amazing thing to say when you consider about a guy scored two Premier League hat-tricks already this season and scored eight goals. But I think both sides would be going into an international break. I think both sides would be very happy not to lose this match. And it's very rare to, to have a pick on the, these kind of games. But I think if I was pushed to have a pick, I think the draw here, represents a smidgen of value. And the only reason I do that is because I think that both sides would be delighted with the point. Um, I also think that um, it's the most likely result, but it's the biggest price of all three outcomes. And the reason why is because no, no betters bet it. So uh, bigger than well, around about plus 220, 225, I, th- I think the draw here probably would be a bet. And if you were looking for a correct score, maybe another 2-2. There's been a few 2-2s in this fixture between the two sides and you would expect goals. But my advice would be really, if you are going to bet on this match, Leave it to the last minute to see the team selection because if Saka doesn't play for Arsenal, that is a huge loss for them. Okay, anything in the lower leagues? I've gone for one bit. I mean, I haven't really looked at the Europa League tonight. I fancy goals in the Liverpool match tonight. Liverpool play Union at Anfield. I think both teams will score in that match tonight in the Europa League. Uh, the one bit I'm looking at is a team that I've sort of been opposed in the early parts of this season. That's Wrexham. Um, it's they're playing Crawley. I can never have a read on Crawley. Last year, I came to uh, mm-hmm. over to Vegas and said to you guys, we want to bet Crawley to to win the league. They finished third from bottom. This time around, I finished to finish bottom, and they're third. So I, I've got <laughs> I've got a completely wrong read about yeah. Crawley. But on the early season form, Crawley are doing really well, and Wrexham are doing way below what what they they expected. 
Wrexham have got all their best players back now. Mullin, the centre forward, is back. I expect a run from Wrexham in the next few weeks. And I think Crawley will revert back to the form that we expected at the start of the season. I think Wrexham will, will get the job done here. I think Crawley are overrated. If this was the first day of the season or maybe five games, four games into the season, you could expect to see Wrexham start this match around about minus 170, minus 165, something like that. You, They were plus 110, but they're now down to even money. I think Wrexham will beat Crawley and I think they'll start minus money for sure. Uh, so Wrexham uh, to beat Crawley in English League 2, which is obviously a, a big attraction for a lot of American supporters with the uh, connections for Wrexham. But I think they'll, they'll, they'll start doing all right in the next few weeks, Wrexham. So mm-hmm. take the early money for them against Crawley. You can follow Nigel on Twitter. He's at Sealy underscore Nigel. The website is premiersportsplays.com. Thanks, lad. Best of luck this weekend. Yeah, take care. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. You too. All right, there you go. Some uh, soccer bets from Nigel this weekend. A little bit of uh, Premier, a little uh, lower leagues as well. Up next, we'll get into tonight's Thursday night football game. Sam Howell has struggled under pressure this year. There's a big but that comes along with it. We'll explain coming up next on Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on v Become a v Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the v slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to see who has the hot hand. Uh, an ROI. Pro picks, betting splits, dog videos, Pelican videos, power ratings. Sign up today, $19. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. College football here. Professional sports better Brad Powers joins the program. He's on Twitter at BradPower7. Website, BradPowerSports.com. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time as always. Let's begin with the uh, big rivalry that we have coming up on Saturday. Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, the number now uh, here at Circus Texas Six and a half total up from 58. That's the first number that I saw on Sunday when they opened up the numbers here. Now up to 60 and a half with the total. Uh, what do you make of those two numbers? How much are you buying into the Sooners with this red hot start that they've had with uh, Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback? Yeah, so I'm a little conflicted here. Now, pure power rating says lean towards the Oklahoma side of things. Obviously, you got a team that's covered every single game so far this season, so the market hasn't had a good handle on them. Uh, but man, the eye test says Texas. Texas, uh, got an opportunity here to probably even jump to number one in my power ratings uh, if they handle business here. So that's how highly I think of Texas. And then I started rewatch. I did a deep dive podcast and I started rewatching Oklahoma games this year and they go through long stretches where they just don't look the part. I think the first three quarters of the SMU game, almost the entirety of the Cincinnati game, it was basically mm-hmm. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. you know, not doing well in the red zone. And then heck, even last week, Oklahoma gets a pick six on the first play of the game against Iowa State. And then the next 20, 25 minutes, Iowa State's a better team. I'm watching that game. So the, there's multiple breakdowns and coverages. So I, I kind of like Texas, even at the current numbers here. And I did bet uh, six yesterday. I, I still think six and a half. Total, I lean towards the under. But right now, I'm, I'm more on the preferred Texas side. And I'll be honest with you, it would be top play of the week material if I knew Sanders, the tight end, was healthy for Texas. I think he's that good of a ball player, and he really opens up the Texas offense. Oh, interesting. Okay, Mm. well, speaking of great tight ends, how about Bowers in Georgia? Which, listen, every big play they go to him, and teams can't stop it, but Auburn ran all over him. They still can't cover a point spread. You make it 17-and-a-half against Kentucky off the blowout win against Florida. What do you think of Georgia and Kentucky? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm on the Georgia side here. Uh, Willie Hill and Caesars flashed us 14. I went ahead and bet Georgia there, but I did trust my power rings a little bit in that regard. Obviously, you know, you got to respect what Kentucky did against Florida last week. I mean, they dominated Florida at the line of scrimmage. It was surprising because coming into that game, if there was one unit that I trusted the most, it was probably Florida up front, and Kentucky took it to them. Meanwhile, you got a Georgia team that's struggling at the line of scrimmage, both sides. They can't get any push on the offense. And defensively, they're allowing teams like Auburn, who struggled against A&M, to, to run on them. So, uh, But that being said, uh, when they get pressed against it, when they get down, uh, they start showing flashes when they have a sense of urgency. I think a home game at night, unbeaten team coming in, uh, you'll, you'll see their best effort of the season. If that's the case, this number's short. I mean, look, it's not a liquid market in the summer, but I mean... My goodness, this was trading at like 24. Oh, uh, and I mean, mm. both teams are unbeaten. You, you maybe upgrade Kentucky a little bit, although their first four games weren't dominating prior to the Florida performance. And sure, yeah, I massively have downgraded Georgia since the start of the season, even though they won every game. So I just think 14 and a half is pretty cheap as far as I'm concerned. Brad, I want to tie that into your comment a minute ago about Texas and how you, you might upgrade them to number one overall, depending on how they look and how they do against Oklahoma. So then how much have you adjusted Texas? How much have you dropped uh, Georgia since the beginning of the year? And then at the very top of your rankings, like how close are these teams? Well, very close. Uh, I mean, you got Georgia. I've dropped five points since the start of the season and I've upgraded Texas three and a half points. And then you know, just depending on the results this week, I mean, because they're so close, a lot of these teams are within a point or two of one another. It just, you know, it depends on what the, the happens to expectations, that being the point spread and, and certainly the eye test and how they look in these games. The, the thing I mentioned, the Texas side of things, because they'll have multiple data points against really good competition, which a lot of teams at this point in the season, like the Michigans, the Georgias right. of the world, do not have. In the summer games of the year line, you took 10 and a half with A&M. Uh, hearing some r- whispers and rumors about a ham- I- hamstring injury with uh, Milrow. What do you think of uh, Tide and, and A&M here? Now it's down to one and a half. Yeah, I think A&M and the under are the plays. Uh, probably prefer the under uh, more than anything. Uh, I just think it's a, an old school type of game. Alabama's defense has been impressive here the last few weeks. A&M's defense is starting to surge the last couple of weeks. But I, I, you know, really good numbers. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a little bit skept- skeptical of A&M because the Miami performance is still in my mm-hmm. mind a little bit. But uh, I, I have no interest playing back Alabama, certainly. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I just I st- stood pat. It's been tough mm-hmm. enough as it is to win this year. I'm not trying to go for middles or anything like that. I mean, I, I tweeted this on Sunday. Uh, I know sour grapes, but I, I lost eight, nine games with more than four points of, of CLV last week alone. So I uh, just, you know, I'm going to sit tight. Hopefully I cash a ticket here. Uh, and if you want to play it now, I think the unders to play. Okay. Okay. Notre Dame gets the miracle cover last week in the win against Duke. And now on the road again, taking on Louisville. Louisville was the better team against NC State. They kept turning the ball over. Uh, and the Palmer with a horrible interception in the red zone. What do you think of the Irish game? So there's three things I think to look at in this one. Uh, number one, I don't think people realize uh, how uh, compromised Notre Dame was at wide receiver last week uh, against Duke. It was a Notre Dame wide receiver core that was already their biggest weakness on the team coming into that game. And they were without four of their top five wide receivers from the start of the season. If you look at snap counts, uh, the PFF grades from the Navy game, four of those top five guys were gone last week. They get their top two guys back this week. So that should really help them. With that being said, this is a Notre Dame team. 
that's playing a seven straight week. Nobody's doing that because they played week zero. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, week zero was also on another continent. It was in Europe. So this team, and they played back to backs, full sixty minute, drag them out of fights uh, the last two weeks. So I'm worried about the energy level. You look at the snap counts; their starters played a hell of a lot, especially on the defensive side of the ball the last two weeks. So I'm worried there. With that being said. Louisville hasn't played anybody, mm-hmm. and a lot of their data points are not aging well. Georgia Tech, they had to rally from behind and win that game. Well, yeah. Georgia Tech just lost to BG last week. Yep. That doesn't look as good. Indiana, they had that you know goal line stand. Indiana, they stopped them at the one-yard line to hold on for a seven-point win there. Indiana, since then, should have lost to Akron. Got crushed last week against Maryland, fired their all offensive corner. So that's not looking good. And then, hell, even last week, it's really Brennan Armstrong doesn't throw that pick on the first possession of the third quarter. I think NC State wins that game. So I think it's kind of a fraudulent Louisville team. With all that being said, and we add everything together, let's see if we can get a seven out of this market and take Louisville in a very charged-up atmosphere. Fair enough. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Professional sports better Brad Powers is our guest. Little Pac-12 here. Wazoo has been ultra-impressive so far this season, taking on a UCLA team that couldn't do anything offensively in Salt Lake against Utah, but that probably goes for a lot of teams across the country. Both teams coming off of a bye. UCLA lane three in the hook here. Too many points? You know, my initial gut was to lay, uh, lay it with UCLA, believe it or not. So I laid three. Okay. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Deep-dived it. Eh, don't like it as much. Uh, you know, a little bit worried about the inconsistencies uh, of, you know, who UCLA's played. I mean, their one major opponent they played, and the offense couldn't do anything. So uh, we'll see. After a bye week, I kind of trust Chip Kelly. Uh, hopefully Dante Moore can, can rebound from that performance. And it really depends on what you feel about the UCLA defense. They haven't played a lot of great competition, but they have shown improvement this year. If you believe in that improvement, I think this number is a little bit cheap. If you don't believe in that improvement, then, then you got to take the Washington State side. Okay. Uh, a big game on Fox, Fresno State and Wyoming. Uh, a lot of guys on this network, both guys, uh, people making the case for both teams. What do you think? Second longest winning streak in the nation. How about Tedford and the Bulldogs taking on Wyoming and Laramie? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see both sides of the handicap here, but I'm on the Fresno side, and it's more of a fade against Wyoming. And, and look, you can come up with all the data points and all the, the EPA success rates and everything. I just go to this. I, I mean, what would this line be if Texas Tech's kicker didn't miss three field goals? Only needed to make one uh-huh. uh, for, for Texas Tech to win that game outright in a game that went to overtime against Wyoming. And then the, the you know ultimate play uh, against App State. App State's lined up for a field goal, pretty much closed the game out. Wyoming blocks it and returns it for a touchdown to win that game. Yep. Changed two plays in Wyoming's season, and I don't think this line six. You got a losing yep. Wyoming team, and oh yeah, the stats say they're an average team at best. And then matchup wise, Laramie's tough place to play, unique team. Well, how does Fresno do against Wyoming? Last four times they've played since Tedford took over in 2017, and then obviously had a couple years at DeBoer. The cumulative score is 87 to 13 Oof. Fresno, including 47 nothing the last two years. So Fresno for me, let's lay the six. Brad, minute left here. Two games tonight, two games tomorrow night. Anything on the board that you like as of right now? Yeah, I like La Tech plus the points tonight. Uh, just a fade against the West Kentucky team, man, statistically. I mean, you're talking about a team that's getting outgained by nearly 100 yards per game, negative 0.7 yards per play differential. Just a very average team that I think gets exposed tonight. Very good. You can follow Brad on Twitter. He's at BradPower7. Website is BradPowerSports.com. Uh, we love talk- talking to you. Hopefully that CLV flips around for you this weekend. It will. Uh, all right. I appreciate you guys. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Be good. Great I job. Mean, that's the thing, right? It's a marathon, not a sprint, but I understand what he's talking about when you have eight or nine games of closing line value of four points. On, I think he said on average, uh, and you lose all of them, that's rough. Tough. He put me on Texas. I'll tell you that. 
It's a good break, though. Yeah, and I'm on the. Um, I agree with him on the A&M under as well. Yes, we'll get I into uh, updated Major League yeah. Baseball numbers for the next round now, and some of the markets available at DraftKings are incredible. I'll tell you what they are coming up next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters, the theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v The associations here. Our guide is out. NBA ready to tip off October 24th. Lakers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors. 
And Von Tobel's been tracking everything. Great cover with Dame Time. Milwaukee. VEASAN Pro subscriber, get in there today. Get the all-new NBA betting guide, previews on every team, futures, year-long player props, best bets on player awards, live betting strategies. And Von Model went to work big time, our senior NBA analyst. Give yourself an edge this season. Get the VEASAN NBA betting guide. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All right. So with that dropping today, the man who put a lot of the guide together, Jonathan Von Tobel, joins the program now. Uh, JVT, good morning. I can't wait to look at it. It's, uh, I mean, the cover of it alone looks spectacular this year. I want to ask you this. With these uh, recent trades in the Eastern Conference, where all this talk about power ratings and now the movement on the Bucks to win the title and the Celtics to win the title, is Denver still the best team in the league? Uh, you know, I'm going to say right now, no, but it's not a strong no. I think Milwaukee, for me, is the best team in the NBA right now. When you have two players like Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's like hand meet glove, right? Like they fit perfectly together. Their pick and roll is going to be almost impossible to stop. The pieces in their starting lineup around them should fit very well. You know, you've got a whole small forward, so we'll see what you want to do there or power forward, however you want to slug it. Um, but regardless, like this is a team that I think fits together very, very well with the pieces that they have. And we talk a lot about the drop-off defensively, and there will be at the point of attack because Damian Lillard is not the defender that Drew Holiday was. You'll have to play drop coverage a little bit more and do certain things to mask that. But they are awesome on the offensive end. And you still have Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez to shore you up on the back end. So for my money, at least at this point right now, uh, it is Milwaukee. I know Jim, you know uh, Paul mentioned John Von Model. We did build one uh, for the NBA. It's a player-based model. That thing spit out Milwaukee as the best team in the NBA. So I think I'd go with Milwaukee at this point, but I don't think it's, it's a massive gap. Yep, love the Bucks, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect out of Philadelphia with this Harden mess, and he's going to make life miserable and uncomfortable there. Uh, thoughts on the Sixers, and as a result, should I lay 240 in that range on Boston to win the division? You know, and it's up minus 280 at DraftKings, Paul. So that thing's moving north, and I don't think it's going to stop. And I think everybody's probably thinking what you are. I, I would say, for the most part, once you get past, like, minus 250, I wouldn't, only because there is a reality, right, in which, for some reason, somehow, some way, this does work out for a year. Because remember, Harden is in a contract year. And so the last thing that you have to do, and if you take in a lot of NBA media and reports, there are the rumblings that, hey, look, he understands that, while he's not happy, he's actually ultimately going to have to probably play ball because if he goes out and, you know, puts on the fat suit, as many people say, for those yep. who don't remember, you know, that last year in Houston where he showed up fat, but then all of a sudden he showed up to Brooklyn and he was in shape, you know, he can't really do that. And so I think because he did report, he is out there. I think they're in Colorado for training camp, if I remember correctly, wherever they're at, yep. uh, he is there now. So I think that it ultimately kind of leads to a begrudgingly like, um, we'll call it like inline Harden that might give you a decent effort. And I think that's the only worry you have there. So once you climb north of minus 250, I think you're you're ultimately laying too high of a price if all of a sudden James Harden like falls in line. But I don't blame anybody who wants to go up there and bet it. And the, the fact that it's almost minus 300 makes a ton of sense. Okay, you have a bunch of bets that we're going to get to coming up in a second. Have to ask you about the Lakers here as they put together a great run last season yep. when they made some moves, right? It was a lot of fun. And then they were swept by the Nuggets. Where do you have Los Angeles, the Lakers here, in the pecking order of the Western Conference? So I think if you look at it right now, I think the Clippers, excuse me, the, Lake, uh, the Lakers, I've got them about like fourth, uh, third in the, uh, yeah, third in the, the, the Western Conference. Um, my worry is this, and I wrote about this at length in the guide for the preview for the Lakers guys, which is there is a reality in which the pieces that they have revert back to their career forms. And so what you mean by that is like Gabe Vincent, for example, Gabe Vincent was brilliant in the postseason. 
Gabe Vincent's a career 33.5% three-point shooter. Rui Hachimura is a career like 30-ish three-point shooter, right? There's a bunch of guys that are on this roster that are brought in to really help. One of the things that they need outside of figuring out what they're going to do at center uh, behind um, Anthony Davis is figuring out how to space the floor a little bit better because by the time you got to the end of the postseason, the Denver Nuggets and other teams are like, go ahead, guys, shoot, because like, we're going to just clog up the paint and make sure you can't get that. So guys like Torian Prince help that. Austin Reeves should help that. Yeah. But I do wonder if there's a reality in which some of these other guys revert back to form as career shooters, and all of a sudden the spacing starts to get clunky again. However, still have LeBron James, still have Anthony Davis. You still have a team that's going to be very good defensively, and you have a most improved candidate in Austin Reeves that if he really takes another step forward, you're going to have a legitimate wing player that's going to be dangerous to people. So I think they're safely as third in the uh, the Western Conference. Phoenix and Denver are up there. I actually really love Phoenix coming into this year as well. Uh, but I, I think the Lakers are there, but I have them third in the West. Palenka did an excellent job. Uh, certainly you have to worry about the health with AD. And I know LeBron sees a lot, sees something in Hachimura. And they've been working out all summer as well. How about let's stay there. How about the Clippers? You can see, you can find minus 250 to make the playoffs. That's it. What do you think of the Clippers this year now that now we're with the new rules, load management and, and George and, and Kawhi have to play? So anybody who knows me, who's watched the network or anything like that, knows I am a Clippers fan. You know, grew up was one. But I think, Paul, this is the ultimate by-low version of L.A. You know, and I'll put it in this perspective. This is essentially the same tiers last year, the team as last year. The only difference is they brought in Kenyon Martin Jr. from uh, the Houston Rockets. He's going to be awesome forward to run up and down the floor with that second unit to get a little bit quicker. But that's the only key difference. He's a 24-year-old forward. This team last year was plus 750 to win the NBA Finals. This year, they're 18 to one, and that is the lone difference. So I can understand the market being like, you know, we can't do this anymore, right? Kawhi Leonard gets hurt at every single turn. You know, Paul George, we don't know if they're going to be available. We don't know all the stories about that. But this is the same team that the market thought was one of the best in the NBA last year, but because they're tired of the health issues, then all of a sudden they get knocked down a peg. I think this is a great buy low opportunity for LA, whether it is to make the playoffs, whether it is to win the NBA Finals, whatever positive thing, this guy's, is the lowest win total of the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard era. And the other one was when Kawhi Leonard was out for the entire year that we knew about. So I think you're getting a really big buy low opportunity with the Clippers because there is a reality in which they're healthy. And if they are healthy, we Hmm. saw in game one of that first round series against Phoenix, they're a damn good team. They were going to win that series against Phoenix had Kawhi Leonard stayed healthy. And ultimately they don't. So Paul, I think it's a really good buy low opportunity for LA if you want to swallow it. Follow the money, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Jonathan Von Tobel, the NBA betting guide is out today. Available vcin.com slash subscribe. Jonathan wrote most of it. Uh, so you have three win totals that you like and you're going to recommend here. And a division bet. Are the Clippers involved in any of those? If not, who do you like to win a division? So no, they're not. And if we're going to go to the division, uh, so this is a this is one of those where I bet it last year and I got burned. But it was one of those where I'm like, no, I was right. And you guys just like crapped it away. So I'm going to do this again. Uh, Atlanta Hawks a plus 210 to win the Southeast division. Oh, we saw the I, and I'm willing to right. Atlanta last year was better than what they showed. Uh-huh. And now you get Quinn Snyder. You get a full offseason to get this team ready. For those who didn't really look at some of the numbers, from the day Quinn Snyder took over to through the play-in and, and through the Celtics' loss in, in the postseason, guys, this is the fourth-best offense in the NBA. They really started to take off. Quinn Snyder had an emphasis on offensive rebounding, at action at the rim, and all of those things really turned out in the statistics. So now I'm, a, I'm assuming that in an offseason where you get a full Quinn Snyder to implement and install his offense, that things, this thing's going to be even better. 
They're going to be okay on defense, but this is also a play on Miami just got worse. Mm-hmm. You know, the Miami should not be minus 180 to win this division, given the talent that the Atlanta Hawks have. So I'm banking on that discrepancy not being as large. I think there's value in plus 210, and I think Atlanta is a team to watch out for. I think they really could be very good under Quinn Snyder, especially if some of those offensive numbers really take over the course of a whole season. But Hawks to win the Southeast Division uh, was the division bet at plus 210. All right, rapid fire. Go with your uh, three regular season win totals that you like. All right, uh, Denver Nuggets under 53 and a half wins. Uh, this is just a play on the bench. For those who don't know, right, the bench got a lot worse. Bruce Brown's gone. Jeff Green's gone. They're going to ask guys like Seek Naji uh, and Peyton Watson to fill in big roles in the front court. I think the regular season is spent developing those guys and getting them ready, and thus that's going to take a hit under 53 and a half wins. Kings under 44 and a half wins. They are a very big regression candidate, guys. This is my favorite stat when I was going through the guide. The Kings got at least 73 games from their top eight players in minutes per game. That's insane. That's crazy. Yes. There's no way that's going to repeat itself. They also had a winning record in clutch games. They shot over 50% in clutch minutes. Those are things that should regress. So Kings under 44 and a half wins. And this is purely a guess and speculation. OG Ananobi has a player option for next year that he's going to decline. It's sub $20 million. Pascal Siakam is on an expiring deal as Mm -hmm. well. They just watched Red Van Vliet leave for nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Toronto's not letting that happen again. Under 36 and a half wins for the Toronto Raptors. Okay, very good. Now to the uh, big boy here. And I can't believe this because I texted you, I don't know, weeks ago. I said yeah. there's one person I'm betting to win the MVP this year. And then when we went back and forth, it's the same guy. Okay. J- JBT's on the same guy. Shock the world right now. Tell us who you like. I think Devin Booker's going to win MVP this year. Wow. I, I think he is set up to have an awesome, awesome season. He is, you know, there's there's this talk about, hey, who's going to play point guard? ESPN's got Bradley Beal penciled in uh, as the starting point guard. I think it eventually becomes Devin Booker. You know, if you look in the last few years when Chris Paul missed time, he was their lead guard. He's awesome. His assist rate has gone up each year. He's been absolutely brilliant. Last year was a very small sample size, but a point guard, they had a plus 17.4 net rating. He is great. And he's also been part of the conversation, guys. Not last year because he played just about 50 games. But remember the year before he finished fourth in MVP voting. He has been on the fringes. He has been considered one of the most disrespected guys. And if the Suns are exactly what I think they're going to be, which is the one seed in the West, and you can get them, by the way, a plus 340 to be the one seed in the Western Conference, I think that Devin Booker is going to be the straw that stirs that drink. And I think at 22 to 1, which you can find him at to win MVP, that is a price that is definitely worth betting. Now, don't forget, and I don't know if this is uh, sustainable for a full regular season, Dev- behind the Joker last year in the playoffs, I would tell you that d- the numbers offensively and def- defensively, I thought Devin Booker was the second best player in the entire playoffs last year. Oh, I don't even think that's a question, right? Like, I think he was brilliant last year. He was amazing. So, and you get that. That's that's going to help you out too narratively, right, Mitch? The fact that he had that postseason, and if they come in, he gives you 65-plus games, and, and Devin Booker, or excuse me, Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant are in and out of the lineup because you kind of expect them to be, mm. but they still get that one or two seed. He's going to be the guy. I love it. Great stuff, my man. Thanks for popping on today. We appreciate that. Thanks for having me, guys. And yeah, I, I, just a shout out. Our crew did an awesome job. You know, I, I wrote a good chunk of this, but it, it was brilliant what the guys did behind the scenes. So thank you very much to everybody who was involved. Yep. As always, again, there you go. There you the go. guide is out today. NBA betting guide, vcin.com slash subscribe. Up next, we'll recap last night's betting action. Some of the big tickets that came in already during the playoffs with win-lose here on vcin. We've mentioned it several times during the show, but the incredible menu on DraftKings, especially with the instant gratification 
with the live at bat props on everything with the baseball playoffs and the full menu. And don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app promo code follow when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Get up there Thursday night football. Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charchian joins the program as he does uh, every Thursday at this time. The website is guillotineleagues.com. You can go there for Charch's rankings for free every single week. Good morning, pal. Uh, thanks for popping on. I think we could talk about tonight's game for like a half an hour on its own, but let's hit some of the bullet points here. I've been saying all day long, I mean, it's going to, Brian, Ro- it's screaming here. Brian Robinson's going to go nuts tonight, but I also yeah. think there's a spot for Antonio Gibson. What's your breakdown here? The commander's running backs. Well, uh, Robinson's handled 73% of Washington's backfield touches, including 78% of the team's red zone touches. So, you know, Robinson is the strongest and most obvious play in a very, very plus matchup. Uh, Robinson's four touchdowns in four games, by the way. That's half of Washington's rushing total of last year. And he's already he's already there. So they're getting more productivity, especially in the red zone out of Robinson. Uh, only Denver's allowed more touchdowns to running backs than Chicago's eight. The anytime touchdown for Robinson in the first player touchdown is feels like a pretty strong wager here. The Commanders are Pro Football Focus's seventh best run blocking team, and the Bears are Pro Football Focus's 29th ranked overall defense and 29th ranked tackling defense. So it really, you know, Robinson's not a special back by any stretch. He's a little bit better than he was last year. Now, Gibson's, and Robinson's my favorite play. Gibson is very lightly used, which worries me. He's on the field a fair amount. In fact, he's running, Mitch, 22 passing routes per game, but they're turning that into two catches per game. And the running that Antonio Gibson has given us hasn't been great. So, you know, the the line on him is low. You could try to just figure, you know, look, anybody who runs against the Bears is going to have a fair measure of success, and Gibson might be the, the easier angle that way. Um, but the usage level has been so low, there's no guarantees here. Okay. What about the two quarterbacks? Fields coming off of his best game as a pro. Howell yeah. has been hit and miss, but look at the defense he gets tonight. I know. This, it's such a strong play for Howell. And so, you know, Howell's games have been, uh, he's had one really bad game. He's had, I think, two promising games and one great one. I mean, he's, he's, he's has, he has looked very good at times. The Bears have already allowed the second most touchdown passes, the sixth most passing yards. Every opposing passer has thrown three touchdowns, except Baker Mayfield, who threw for 300 yards in that game. And the Bears secondary, just ravaged by injury. I mean, an already bad secondary. They're out Kyler Gordon, Jalen Jackson, Tyreek Stevenson's in the concussion protocol, Josh Blackwell and Eddie Jackson. I mean, total disaster for that secondary. So it's really game on for this, this, this passing game. Now, the frustrating thing on Howell for me is Ben. Dude's got wheels, and they never run him. He's got no designed runs on the season. I wish they would open up that, but they won't have to here. It's going to be a ton of passing. Howell, all's receivers, sitting on potentially a very, very nice game tonight. Okay, what do we do with this Jonathan Taylor news now? Yeah, this one's really interesting. Now, Indianapolis head coach Shane Steichen, Paulie, says, we'll see about whether or not Jonathan Taylor plays. Well, he's playing. I mean, I don't, I don't, this is a, a charade, or at least he should be. I think the only wild card is Jim Ursay because it's within Jim Ursay to be so petty that he's going to bench his best offensive weapon because his feelings got hurt. That is possible. I don't think so, though. And if Jim Ursay were smart, and we could do the rest of the, we could debate that really for the rest of this whole segment, Ursay should showcase Taylor to raise his trade value, which would, by the way, be great for fantasy. We love it when they showcase players. 
So he's a full participant in practice yesterday. I'm not worried about the ankle. The immediate problem for Taylor, to me, is not whether or not he's going to play. It's just he's got a really tough matchup with a very good Titans run defense. Uh Lead backs averaging 42 yards per game against Tennessee. They rank fifth best in the run stuff win rate category, and they're sixth best in tackling by pro football focus. So tricky matchup. Taylor probably, I think he sees 15-ish touches in this game. Um, if it were a more favorable matchup, I'd be like, you know, lights out. But I'm still starting Taylor. I, oh, okay. Anytime Jonathan Taylor, a healthy Taylor is getting 15 touches. I'm in. All right. Well, we have to mention this again with uh, Puka DePepo and then Cooper Cup. Now, uh, <laughs> McVay did the Ron Burgundy where it says limited, but he's not limited. What what do we do with Cup? And then if P- Cup comes back, what does that mean for Puka? Yeah. So the, the beauty is Puka's not running from the slot at all. Like 9% of his routes are run from the slot. So this is a great opportunity to get both on the field. I don't think they're necessarily going to take away from each other. Van Jefferson's going to get iced out entirely, which is great. And that guy deserves it and has had it coming for a long time. <laughs> so that's fantastic news. Yeah. Cup's going to be on the field it, in all probability, right? They still have 21 days to technically activate it, but it's almost certainly going to happen. Um, lots. I, I wouldn't blame anybody who just says, you know what, I'm going to wait one week because the, the hamstring injury is relatively fresh, unlike Taylor's injury, which goes back to last year. I'm not even worried about that one. This one's trickier. If somebody said, I just want to I want to wait one game, let Cooper Cup knock the rust off, make sure this hamstring injury doesn't unwind and you know doesn't re-aggravate or whatever. I could understand that. But otherwise, it's Cooper Cup and you put him in your lineup. Right now, I've got him ranked as my number 40 wide receiver, so I'm still showing some caution on Cup. But... I think he's going to play, and I just I, I'll feel a lot better if I got one one more look at Cup before we go game uh, you know game uh, I don't know wheels up on Cup. Hey, mm-hmm. trust me, uh, as somebody who has Nakua in several leagues, I yeah. want Cup to take as much time as possible before he comes mm-hmm. back. Uh, I, I bet you do. But yeah. Nakua's going to be good. I'm telling you, he's too good to just automatically go to the back seat on this. He's no, still yeah, gonna- I, I would agree with that. Yep. And then so then how how Jamison Williams now coming back for the Lions. What does that do to Amon St. Brown and uh, Ross St. Brown? And then are you like fully there with Williams to like start him in any league this week? Hell no. We're not touching that dude and not for a while. So you remember last year, he uh, he came off the ACL. He had nine targets over the course of the season and only ca- caught one pass. And he was wide open on that one for a 40-yard touchdown against the Vikings. Then he had one run for 40 yards. So he averages 40 yards a touch, which is you know, pretty good. But uh, we'd like to get the we, he only had the ball in his hands two times last year. And when you're suspended, you're not able to practice with the team. So he's been away from the team for over a month. He's not practicing with them. The team's deep at receiver. They don't need to rush him here at all. Um, Tom, I don't I I'm not interested in Jameson Williams until I see his ass on the field, 35 plus snaps. And we have nothing to this point has suggested that that's going to happen anytime soon. I think it's going to be a slow effort to get him there. And no way am I touching him this week. Okay, very good. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charchi, and the website is called guillotineleagues.com. Are you blindly advising people to start Brock Purdy this week against a really good Cowboys defense? I'm on board. I you am are. starting Purdy. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I, it, he has impressed me so much. And, you know, listen, is it is, is this a tough matchup? Yeah, it is a tough matchup. He's my number 13 ranked quarterback. He, in the past, he's been higher. The perception on Purdy, by the way, can we debunk this? Is that he's a weak-armed dink-and-dunk passer, mm-hmm. much in the vein of Jimmy Garoppolo. But he's not that guy at all. Right now, he's got the second farthest average pass 
9.1 yards. That's two yards deeper than Patrick Mahomes. So he's slinging it downfield and he's an accurate passer. Usually your deeper downfield passers, right? The accuracy percentage goes down. But here he is throwing Brock Purdy, throwing the second deepest pass. He's third in completion rate, 72%. And, you know, the Cowboys defenses look great. They've also played some bad passers. This is gonna. This is the most functional offense they're gonna see, and I'm starting them. You know, we saw we saw we saw the Cardinals able to get a little something done here. There's a lot of weapons here, particularly if Debo Samuel is able to go in this game. I'm still starting Brock Purdy, and I think what he's okay. done has been awfully impressive. The only thing that's really hurt him from a fantasy standpoint is Christian McCaffrey sweeping up so many touchdowns. Yes. Purdy's averaging just he's yeah. only got I think five touchdowns on the entire. Season. Real quick, uh, what happens Sunday with the Vikings and is Taylor Swift coming to town? Haven't heard on Taylor Swift. I mean, I hope so. We'd like to have her here. She she knows uh, our voice of the Vikings. Uh, Paul Allen has offered her an opportunity to call games from the booth. Yes. If uh, if she wants to do that, which would be great. Now, the good news for the Vikings is, you know, they clearly have the better quarterback. They've got the quarterback between the two who is leads uh, of the two leads in completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, picks. You know, we've got clearly Vikings have got the better quarterback. Yeah, so, there it yeah, is. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even remotely worried. Yeah. Charge numbers don't lie. Right, exactly. How yeah, could they? Know. Yeah. That right. Kirk looks good. Okay. All joking aside, is it a bloodbath? No. No. Not the Vikings keep it close. The Vikings do keep it close. Vikings defense is has really started to take shape. So you knew there were a lot of moving parts on the defense. You install a new defensive coordinator, a bunch of new players. The first couple of games were pretty ragged for this defense. Last couple of games, this defense is starting to come together. And I think this thing's going to be closer. And the Vikings, the Vikings can offense can hang with Kansas City. So yeah. Right. I think this thing's gonna be a little closer than people realize. My right, drafting is still going on at guillotineleagues.com. I love the format. It's my favorite way to play fantasy football. And uh, every single week, Charge has his rankings up there for the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, all for free. Uh, thanks, pal. Have a good week. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. There you have it. I'm I'm excited for the game tonight. I think the Bears keep it close and it goes over. I hope that you're right. That would right. be, yes. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.